You know what really bums me out? That there is a ton of customization available for brides and bridesmaids for their wedding attire. But when it comes to us guys, it seems like we've got way less options. That's why we love the Naughty Tie Company. Not naughty as in naughty, but naughty as in, you know, tying the knot. Yeah. Anyway, the Naughty Tie Company has ties, bow ties, and pocket squares that are totally customizable. You can match colors or patterns to things like bridesmaids dresses, flowers, your table linens, or really whatever you'd like. And everything is printed and sewn right in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near us here in Philly, but that's not the point. So if you go to NaughtyTie.com slash ring, they are going to hook you up with free design service from one of their amazing designers. That's easily like $20 you're going to save just for being a Put a Ring on a Podcast listener. That's K-N-O-T-T-Y-T-I-E dot com slash R-I-N-G. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast for couples who need something to listen to in the car. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and blind optimist. And I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and maker of a mean grilled cheese sandwich. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 29 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Today, we're talking destination weddings. Hi, Danielle. How you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? I am very well. Um, This is going to be an exciting one because I have some destination weddings this year. Um, and I'm just curious to hear about from somebody who deals with the logistics side of it rather than, you know, the photo side of it. I'm just excited to hear from our guest speaker today. Yes. I feel like I should have worked on my tan a little bit more for today's episode. Good thing nobody that really can see comes you. through in the audio. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's just a really good excuse for me, though, to work on a tan. So, yes. So, Jennifer Donchez, we are so happy to have on today's episode. She is a renowned travel expert and is seen routinely, guys, on Fox News, CNN, PBS, and the Travel Channel. So, she has become a nationally known guru for destination weddings and blogs for Bridal Guide, as well as being named Martha Stewart's Destination Wedding and Honeymoon Expert. So, um, in fact, Jennifer's own wedding was even filmed by the Knot.com, you guys. So we've Baller got like status. legit expert on the show today. <laughs> Welcome, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Mm. So, so Jen, that was our little intro with things, but you could probably say it in a much cooler way. What what does VIP vacations do? Well, aside from being a full service travel agency, so that your run-of-the-mill airline ticket, a family vacation to Disney, honeymoons, a trip to Europe, a cruise. We do all that. But um, I got married about nine years ago and had a destination wedding and realized truly what it feels like to walk in the shoes of brides or maybe barefoot of brides that are planning <laughs> destination <laughs> weddings. Um, and so I found that there really wasn't a niche or an expertise back then for doing destination weddings. And our, our agency had done them before. In fact, I would say 20 years ago, we did them and we called them elopements. Um, but now as it's progressed, 
I found that people are really looking for, couples really want that expertise. Because as you know, Danielle, it's hard enough planning a wedding at home. Planning mm-hmm. one in another country can be very daunting. So we kind of focused on that. And we really made processes easier for brides to take the stress away and developed this, you know, renowned kind of expertise that's, you know, really focused on destination weddings. So that's about 60% of our business. Wow. What, What we do, though, is we create this relationship with a couple because destination weddings are usually planned about 18 months out. So you're working, you know this, with a bride and groom far out. And when they're done, people are going to travel. So the rest of our business is continuing that evolution of a traveler's life cycle of what they're going to do and where they're going to go. And hopefully establishing and keeping that relationship that was so precious to us as we were planning the whole destination wedding. Huh. So, so backing up a few steps, um, when a couple first contacts you, are they coming to you with a destination in mind or do you typically help them come to that like perfect destination point? Well, some come to us thinking they know where they want to go. Um, <laughs> they do, and but they don't know the regulations or legalities of yeah. having a destination wedding. So, and some of them, you know, can only go by you know those kind of Photoshop pictures online of a resort. And um, we try to really ask them some probing questions about what they're looking for first. Sometimes it's exactly the destination that they're they were considering. Sometimes they have absolutely no clue. No clue for budget, no clue for if, if you know, flights even operate from the airport they're flying from. So it's really our job to kind of steer them in the right direction. And that starts with a bunch of real interesting questions that we can get a feel for what they want. Hmm. That's cool. I always, I, I always um, approach weddings in the sense of you really don't know what you don't know. And that's one of the hardest things about planning anything in life. And I think that's why people like yourself and people like me and Dan, of course, exist because <laughs> it just it makes navigating that process so much easier instead of having trying to reinvent the wheel, figure it all out on your own you're talking with someone who knows the ins and outs and knows all these different things. But that said, is there something that couples should have um, either figured out or decided on before they go to you? Um, or is or are you like, let's just start at the very beginning? Well, what I think sometimes couples do that they shouldn't do. So here's a don't. I like to stay mm-hmm. positive, but here's a don't. <laughs> they haven't talked to family. Hmm. And People want to share their love. So if their family is not on board, we shouldn't even start because we can go through a lot, work through quotes, go back and forth for months, and then they can talk to their parents or their best friend or, you know, people that are super important to them and discover that they can't make it. They're not going to fly. They don't have passports. There's a lot of reasons why uh, families won't do that. And then it's all gone. So what we like to ask one of the very first questions is, are your family okay with this? Is, is your family on board? Are your friends and family ready to do this? Um, I rarely hear of a bride say to me, I don't care if people don't come. That's rare. <laughs> right. um, and, and then sometimes with, you know, the popularity of Instagram and Pinterest, we like to see what they want in terms of a ceremony, what pictures, what images they have that we can say, okay, this resort is definitely not going to do that for them. Hmm. Um, 
I, I have a, a saying, I think it was Shakespeare who said, um, the root of all sorrow lies in unfulfilled expectations. So we want to make sure from the get-go, we're not setting the expectation bar too high. We'd rather, you know, under promise and over deliver kind of a thing. And so if a couple has an idea, their parents are on board, um, their family and friends, um, are saying this is a great idea and they kind of have a vision of what they want. It makes it very easy for us. Awesome. Dan is actually writing down that quote <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Google yeah. it, Dan. You, 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 I think you got enough there that you can, you can find it from there. You said Shakespeare, can, right, Jen? Yeah. Can you I say think, it again? I, yeah. The root of all sorrow lies in unfulfilled expectations. I'll give you an example where that really comes into play. A bride tells us that she would really like to get married on a sugary, soft, white powder, sand-like beach with crystal clear turquoise water that you can almost see down to the bottom as the sun sets. And now she says, we'd like to get married um, in St. Lucia. Well, they don't work together because St. Lucia is a volcanic island. The sand is gray or dark. Um, it almost looks like you're in the Pacific. The water's that color blue. And there's only one part of the island that really has good sunsets and it doesn't have great beaches. So we wouldn't send them there. You know, that, that would mean they would get there and they would be so disappointed. The bride would be calling us crying because her number one dream was the sugary, soft, powder, white sand. She's not going to get that. To have crystal clear turquoise water, you're not going to get that. So she may have had a dream of St. Lucia for some reason. And we have to then say, so which is more important to you, St. Lucia or the white sand beach? And that's when we use that. We use that expression. Probably I say it every day. (laughs) She's got that one down. I feel like... I'm not a big um, beach person because I hate sand in my bathing suit. But when you describe it the way you just did with like sugary soft sand and turquoise waters, like (laughs) I want to go to that beach. (laughs) And apparently Cooper does too. So Danielle, that would be Antigua. The the sand is like powder. So you don't care if it gets in your bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just start like loading it into my bathing suit at that point. It sounds like. Yeah. So. Jenna, you're you're based out of the Lehigh Valley, right? Yes, we are located in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. But what's so great about the internet is if you do one destination wedding, chances are people are not all from the Lehigh Valley. Uh-huh. They tell friends and they tell friends and they tell friends. So we have brides from Canada, from France, from Germany, from the UK, from Australia, from New Zealand. So wow. that's that yeah, that's and, and all over the US. For, you know, certain years we'll have pockets in certain states where we just one bride and then all of a sudden every one of her friends and family (laughs) then tell everybody else and they show pictures. And, you know, in photography, you cannot get away from the most beautiful backdrop, which is a a destination wedding beach, the gardens, the palm trees, the sunsets. It's just gorgeous. So everybody comes back and says it was the most beautiful wedding for every wedding we do. Do you, just side note, do you have a favorite destination that you just like to vacation to? You know, I usually always go by the last place that I went to. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's usually the, 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 the like fallback. I'm collecting countries, so I want to hit 100, and I'm Whoa. pretty close. I'm at 86, um, and I've, I, I've even gone to Antarctica, so the continents are, you know, another thing that we've, we've tried to conquer, all of them. Um, 
I, I think for brides, when they ask me where I would suggest a destination wedding, I usually say, well, my stamp of approval came from my wedding, and that was at Turks, that was in Turks and Caicos at the Beaches Resort. Um, but it is what we call the Cadillac of all resorts. I, it is it is definitely more expensive, but it is so beautiful. Once you go there, it's really hard to go anywhere else. Mm. Um, so the budget is key when we talk with uh, a couple and ask them, you know, how much do you have to spend or do you want to spend on your wedding itself, which includes the ceremony reception photography um you know that and then what are you thinking would be a good budget for your guests because the three main objectives couples normally have is that it's a beautiful wedding that their friends and family have a good time and that it doesn't break the bank those are the three every couple might have you know other budgets or just different destinations but those are the top three things that the 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 couple always wants so um, you know, some, some people's budgets are higher and their friends and family have some more money to work with. So Beaches Turks is a family-friendly resort. Some couples come to us and say they want adults only. There are no children coming. And they want it at a place where there are no children. So then we have other defaults that we'll, we'll yep. suggest. Um, the big one that's kind of shocking for more couples that can really be a determining factor on where they're going is if they want what's called a legal wedding or a symbolic wedding. Mm. So legal, it's not legal and illegal. It's legal and symbolic. (laughs) Legal, Legal means that the day you leave that island, you have your marriage license in hand. And you just have to come back. And if you're going to change your name or if you're going to keep your name or you're going to get, you know, a new social security card, whatever you would do here in the U.S. to do that, you show those papers that you got when you were to another country where you got married. Symbolic is essentially a renewal of vows. And that means that you've gone to the justice of the peace or you've had an officiant or you went to a courthouse and you got married legally here in the U.S., and you're exchanging your vows in the destination. And the the reason that this is the, the shocking thing for most couples is we usually get the response to that question, well, of course, we want it to be legal. But they want it in Punta Cana or they want it in Mexico. And it's not impossible to get it done in either of those destinations but it's a lot more work. And in Punta Cana, it's a lot more expensive and Mm. the dates are limited because it's done by a judge. So if they say they want to get married by a minister and not a judge in a foreign language, because the judge is also speaking Spanish, legal doesn't work in Punta Cana. I would say 90% of the weddings we do in the Dominican Republic are, are symbolic. I did my best friend's wedding there um, quite a few years ago, and I said, I'll be damned. I'm going to do a legal wedding. We're going to see really how far and how difficult this really a bride, a couple needs to go, how far they need to go to really get this legal wedding done in Punta Cana. And when it was all said and done and it was legal, I swore I would never do it again. (laughs) It's that that difficult. Um, It's a little bit easier to do in Mexico. Again, it is in Spanish. But um, as long as the couple hasn't been married before, hasn't adopted, the, the, either of them aren't adopted, um, they, don't, they didn't have a change of a name, it makes it a little bit easier. But then there's residency requirements. And, it, and sometimes a couple doesn't want to get there four days earlier than the wedding. Um, so again, we would suggest symbolic. 
I I never thought about that from a legality standpoint. I also imagine that traveling, because I mean, anytime you travel, you have to have all this paperwork and your passport and all of that. Going someplace as one person and coming back as another person has to be really tricky. Or is it because with those legal weddings, you're not necessarily changing your legal name until you come back? Does that make it a little bit easier? Right. You're not changing your name until you come back. I never changed my name after um, I got married. So, um, but even if you get married in the U.S. and you change your name and your passport doesn't expire for four years and it's in your maiden name, you can still use your passport. You don't have to change your passport. You just have to make sure that the ticket match the name on the ticket matches the name on your passport. So, um, having a maiden name, you can travel up until your passport expires with your maiden name, even if your credit card and your driver's license and your social security number has all been changed to your married name. Um, the, the symbolic portion of having a destination wedding is probably the most important thing for a couple to consider because as soon as they say, I want it legal, it has to be legal. It narrows down the search like 75%. There are just not a lot of destinations where it is conducive to have a legal wedding. You have to establish residency. The paperwork, you know, can be sometimes daunting. Um, you know, you, you have to make sure that a, just, uh, a justice of the peace down there or a minister down there is legally able to marry you. Um, so there are certain resorts that take care of all of that for you in those destinations. And obviously those are the ones that we would suggest. Um, One of the reasons is because they take care of it means they know how to do it and they do it well. And you can have a great vacation on Danielle. Let's say you went to St. Bart's. (laughs) You had an amazing (laughs) vacation and you came back and you said, we got engaged there. I want to get married there. And I want it to be legal. My father said, you know, you have to have a legal wedding. Well, you have to establish residency there 30 days. Now, you might not mind being there for 30 days, but it's usually not. It's usually Twist not my arm. plausible. <laughs> right. It's usually not plausible. Um, another thing, you might have had a great vacation in Mexico and legal isn't a big deal for you. But you say, we'd really like to go there. I'm familiar with the resort. And that resort might just be a resort we've said is really hard to work with with destination weddings. They don't do a good job. The the coordinator isn't very good at communicating. And there's been times where I've, I've said to a bride, if you're insistent on this resort, we really can't help you because here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, she's not going to, the wedding coordinator is not going to respond to you until a couple of days before your wedding, 60 days before your wedding. You're going to probably come to me crying, saying you're so stressed. You don't understand what to do. You're pulling your hair out. And what am I going to say? I told you so. Um, that doesn't work for anybody. And I want to, I want this to be a smooth, you know, easy, non-stressful planning, uh, you know, environment for you. So, um, many times brides have changed their mind because they only know the vacation. They don't know the wedding planning part of it. They don't know working with the wedding coordinator. So we, we tend to recommend, you know, staples and, you know, staples that do a good job. It's what we call a circle of love. That is, we send the bride and groom to a resort. The resort is wonderful to our clients. The wedding coordinator is amazing. All their friends and family have a wonderful time. The bride comes back loves VIP, had an amazing time, tells everybody that they know to call VIP. VIP suggests that resort again, and then it starts that circle. Mm. So 
it's not that we only sell certain resorts. We sell resorts that do really good weddings. And I think that's important. Important to a bride, important to her family, important to her guests. That's awesome. I have to say, when you said you um, you recommend Staples, in my head, my first thought was, that'd be a cool destination wedding to do a wedding in a Staples store. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just, you know, like, paper clips, like, just the whole, like, stacks of paper as centerpieces. I could really see this in my head. <laughs> anyway. I could not. <laughs> we do suggest for their seating charts, they use the yellow stickies on paper plates. So, I mean, that would right? be perfect to go get Okay, so so speaking of though, like unique locations, in a lot of what we're talking about, I think my my brain immediately goes to these sandy tropical places when we say destination weddings. But do you also deal with like non tropical destinations? Sure. Um, so we've had weddings um, in villas in Tuscany, in castles in Ireland, um, in the Rocky Mountains. Um, that there's also there's also this new trend for non-beach so you know kind of like think of south beach miami rooftop weddings um gardens are very popular too uh, and then there's historical sites um which mexico has you know a ton of the mayan um archaeological sites and there are some really cool areas where you can get married with that mayan theme behind it um there are some aqueducts in jamaica that are just stunning for weddings too um so it's it 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 doesn't have to be caribbean it doesn't have to be mexico we've done a lot in hawaii as well i think what kind of separates the irish castle or the villa in tuscany is that most of our couples come to us and they don't want their friends and family to have to pay more after after they've paid for the lodging and the flight and so that kind of kind of points us to an all-inclusive resort and so that limits some destinations um also couples get incentivized when they block a group so let's say you block 10 rooms you will get a credit for one of those rooms most of the time, as long as it's not Christmas week. And sometimes you can get one credit for a a credit for two people in a room after six rooms. So it just depends on the promotion and the resort Mm -hmm. brand. But when you do a non all inclusive, there really isn't any push for a couple to have all their guests stay at one hotel. So let's say Key West no all-inclusives. There are a lot of hotels all around. So if you're blocking a group of 10 rooms, you might have friends that say, I'm going to stay at the Motel 6 and just come to the wedding. Um, And that's absolutely fine. But the bride and groom aren't getting any, you know, aren't filling that group block. When you stay at an all-inclusive for guests that are staying outside of that resort to come on property, they have to pay a day pass. Mm. So it is much more conducive for people to book into the room block. There's there's also other incentives with room blocks. You book 20 rooms at a Sandals, for example, and you get a free reception. So you oh, don't man. want your friends and family staying at the Motel 6. You want them staying at the Sandals. And and, and the other yeah. thing is you know, when a couple chooses a non-all-inclusive, they're usually shocked at the bar tab. They're usually kind of pressured into hosting a brunch or another meal. And so that's just more of their budget being taken into other you know, meals and feeding their guests aside from just the reception. So it sounds like looking at all-inclusive versus not all-inclusive, you'd usually recommend the all-inclusive route if it made sense for, you know, the details of what they wanted. Is that true? 
Yeah, for sure. That's kind of more of our niche. So you're drilling down into destination weddings and then we, we can do, you know, Europe, we can do uh, South Africa, we can do Hawaii, no all inclusives. But, uh, if if the couple has family and friends that are on a limited budget, we would definitely suggest the Caribbean or Mexico and an all inclusive. Okay, awesome. I feel like you're I feel like you're touching on this a little bit, and you definitely touched on it a little bit before. But what what's the difference between planning a destination wedding on your own versus using a service like yours? So it's really interesting because I I think. With the uh, internet and, you know, sites like Expedia and Travelocity, Orbitz, um, younger couples have thought that it costs them money to walk into a travel agency. So they'll just save some money and go on Expedia. What most people, this is my public service announcement, I'm going to stand <laughs> my soapbox now. Um, what most consumers do not understand is that Expedia, Travelocity, they're all travel agencies. They're just online and you're doing our job. You don't, we don't charge anything to use our services. So if you found a trip to Disney on Disney travel, we'll find the exact same one for you. And we might even save you some money because we can tell you if you go this day versus this day, this room is available. Mm -hmm. um, so first off, you don't pay anything to use us. Secondly, it's really hard to understand contracts if you're not in the contract business. When you're blocking a group of rooms, there's a lot of deadlines. There's big words like attrition. And um, there's just a lot to wrap around the brain of a couple that already might not know about travel or getting their friends and family on board with going places. Um, I know for myself it's not fun asking friends and family for a credit card. That's what I had to do when they booked into my block for my destination wedding. So I would never wish that upon a bride and groom. Now, we have some brides that are type OCD and we have some brides that are type <laughs> OK, whatever you say. So it depends on what they want to do. Some brides will give us Excel, you know, Excel sheets with all of the names of their guests with a 60% chance that they're going to come and this is their budget. We don't need all that. What we will do is we will find the destination that works with you, contract the group space for you, try to get the very best price, and work you through the wedding packages. There are some resorts that we can add all of the wedding options. So effectively, I am Danielle before Danielle goes to the destination. I get it all detailed out for the wedding coordinator on destination. And then there are some resorts that I have to put you in touch with their on-site wedding coordinator to do all the extras. Um, that We don't go down to the resort. We're not Danielle. We don't go down there and become this magic genie that's going to put everything together. But most all-inclusives provide that service for free. So you have a destination wedding in Jamaica. Let's say you book a sandals wedding. I can walk you through every single wedding extra. You will prepay it so you're not hit up when you get down there for, you know, uh, not knowing what this bouquet is. It's all set up ahead of time. It's in a spreadsheet. It's all ordered. And then when you get down there, the wedding coordinator is waiting for you with that spreadsheet in hand and will walk you through everything that's going to happen. So that's one of the resorts that we've been like certified. We've gone down, we've taken trainings. I know exactly how many flowers are in each bouquet. Um, that's a big perk 
that our company can offer. Not every travel agency or wedding agency does that part of it, that wedding planning part of it. But we have felt that it's it's not about the rooms and the room block and the cost of the airfare when a couple meets with us. They're also looking at the wedding extras. So we've taken that extra step to get those certifications at many resorts so that we can give you that budget. You're not surprised, you know, two months before with what your wedding extras are going to cost. That's right. cool. I didn't know that there was a certification at for like some of the resorts to be able to know their procedures and serve them better. That's really cool. It's need of them to, to do that. So you'd be able to serve your clients better. Yeah, it's, it, it's truly helped our, our business as well, because as you can imagine, you work with a bride for over or a bride and groom. I keep saying a bride, but you keep working with a couple over and over again for 18 months. And then what I just hand them off to a resort where the resort yeah. says, you know, this is your special day. Don't you want this? Having you know, sent them with already a vision in mind, they have to start all over again. So it's, it's worked for us and it makes for a much smoother process. I think too, in, in speaking about budget and all this, is there a, a certain minimum amount or a certain amount that you like couples to have that, that they're able to invest in order to really facilitate a destination wedding like this? Well, I mean, it's it's tough. Photography is photography, no matter where you go. So, uh, you know, I, I I sometimes have to ask them have have they gone to bridal shows? Have they talked with photographers? Because um, that's something that the standard wedding packages, even if they have a complimentary wedding package, it doesn't include. Um, I would say if a couple's going to elope run away and get married, have a couple of photos, have a beautiful, you know, room. $5,000 is probably the minimum. Um, if they want to have a reception, have a wedding package, travel, stay in a beautiful suite, and they have 10 rooms, I would say you might want to have $7,500 to $10,000 as a budget. So you can see it's a lot less than doing a, a wedding at home. Yeah. I, I just read something on Wedding Wire that said the average couple with 125 guests spends 30000 on a wedding. Now, I kind of like was shocked because I, I don't know couples that spend that much home. I mean, I'm sure they do. And I'm sure, Danielle, you know, ones that spend close to $100,000. Mm -hmm. But um, we've had weddings, destination weddings with 250 guests and their wedding extras were $86,000. So it, it, it goes from $5,000 to, you know, sure. a couple spending $100,000. I think the average destination wedding that we see where a couple has 40 to 50 guests, 20 rooms, with a reception and a cocktail party after the wedding, because it's not free. Even if you have an all-inclusive resort, the if you, anywhere you do something private, there's going to be some fees with it. Sure. Definitely not 125 to 200 dollars per person. Not nothing like that. But um, I would say about 10 thousand dollars for 50 people is is mm. a good price. And you know, with with anything, you know, we're talking about numbers here on the show, but that can vary so much. Just like a wedding at home, I mean, you can plan a wedding as Dan and I have talked about for for five hundred dollars. It just depends on all that you want to include with it. Right. But because we're mixing travel into the mix here with the destination wedding, I think those numbers are in my head. They're extremely helpful because I I would just have no idea. You know, if I had a chunk of money saved, I would just have no idea if it's even realistic in yeah. what I'm working with to come to you and say like, hey, this is the money that I have that I've worked really hard
hard to save up for, you know, can we even like, can we even leave the the, the state <laughs> for this amount? Right. And, so that's really interesting. You know that, that also is a, it's a variable as to when you're going to travel. Christmas week, you're going to spend a fortune. In huh. September, because it's hurricane season, you're going to spend a lot less. So, you know, ideal months for us are November, May, and June. Hmm. Um, but that's, you know, it's also destination. If you're going to go to Turks and Caicos, you're going to spend a lot more. Yeah. The, the, the three big destinations we have, like our top three, um, are Jamaica, um, Punta Cana, and Mexico. And pretty much with 20 rooms, 50 people, non-holiday travel, non-hurricane season, you can, you can do everything for about $10,000, wow. including, including your room. Yeah. Hmm. Um, in, in your experience, just out of curiosity, you keep coming back to to 50 guests. Is that do you is that the average or actually on average about how many guests you see per per attend each destination wedding? Yeah. So 15 to 20 rooms is the norm for yeah, us. Right. Some weddings have five, some have 10, some have 100. But <laughs> um, that on average in the past five years, 15 to 20 have that's been, you know, very tried and true. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of pros to having 15 to 20 rooms, including the free credits that a bride and groom gets. So, you know, sometimes a couple will say, I really want to help out my, my dad and my mom travel. So if you look at a property that has at least two frees for, let's say 20 rooms, that's real important to them. So, you know, that there are a lot of questions. Our questionnaire is like two pages with probably 40 questions. Um, and there's definitely a couple that is the perfect storm (laughs) for a destination wedding. There's actually three types that we try to like pull out to see if it's going to, if it's going to work. If a couple comes to us and says, this is the least expensive option. We have this much money. This is what we want. I'm not saying that that's a good fit. Um, it, the best, the best fit. So, so money shouldn't be the primary factor in doing a destination wedding. It shouldn't be. Um, the, the best fit is, um, a couple who the bride is from the East coast. The groom is from the West coast. They went to school in Chicago and they live in Florida. That's the best scenario because every, any, no matter where they have their wedding, everybody's going to have to travel. Mm. And so a destination wedding is perfect. Um, my husband's cousin got married in Cincinnati and we only went for two nights. And I kept on saying the entire time we flew there, got a rental car, stayed two nights that we could have spent less if we went to Punta Cana for three nights <laughs> because of doing a destination wedding. So, so that's the perfect scenario. Another really good win for a destination wedding is it's a second marriage and the bride and groom already had the big wedding in church and the big reception with 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third, very interestingly enough, is the bride has never dreamed of being the center of attention in a church with a long dress and hosting, you know, 200 people. Mm-hmm. She wants something with her closest friends and family where she doesn't feel, you know, like she has to entertain everybody and be the center of attention. So Um, those are the three wins. So for a wedding like this, is it expected of the couple to pay for transportation and lodging for their guests? Like is it, or is it okay to ask your guests to pay for that? 
<laughs> That's funny. We we do save the dates. And one of the reasons we do save the dates for our clients, and it's included in it for us, it's free. We do, we do. You use us, you block your rooms, whether it's five rooms or 50 rooms or 100 rooms. We'll do save the dates for you. And I hire a graphic designer to come up with them. Cool. It's because the wording has to be very specific um, on the save the date that says, we have a block of rooms held at special group rates for reservation and pricing details, please contact our travel professional at. And the reason we do this is because there was a time when people would get a save the date and say, whoo, we're going to Mexico and -and so-and-so is paying for it. So that's, they, that's, it's not expected at all that a bride and groom covers the flights and the stay for their guests. Um, but there really isn't any kind of like etiquette for destination weddings. I've, I've been contemplating writing uh, a book about is, you know, the, the etiquette for weddings versus destination weddings. Do you have to wear, um, tuxedos? Do you have to have save the dates and wedding invitations and the wedding invitations? Do you invite everybody or do you just do the people that have already booked into the block of rooms? So brides and, and grooms can talk with their parents. Sometimes their parents pay for everything. Sometimes the parents, um, pay for the lodging for family members flights. It, it, it really depends on the budget of the couple. Um, it, it's, it's a tough thing. Sometimes a couple also will pay for a photographer to fly down there. Um, and maybe they'll use some of their free room credits and divide it among every room. So if you, if a room is a thousand dollars per couple, they get maybe three rooms, they divide the 3000 by 10 rooms and everybody gets 300 off their room, something like that. Sometimes they do that. It, it, it really is up to what the couple's budget is. So I, I could see, you know, traditional wedding where you're throwing this big hole extravaganza and you're paying for everything. You know, I think that that's part of maybe maybe something that you don't see or maybe a couple would miss with a destination wedding. Like they they feel like they want to pay for that thing. But obviously it would be crazy for, um, you know, 70 for a couple to pay three, four five thousand dollars and travel for you know, 75 guests. So what are, what are some of the things that, uh, if, you know, the couple is expecting, um, their guests to pay for themselves, what's some things that the couple can do to make the experience more welcoming for their guests? How can, how can they customize it and, and make it still that like, uh, we're, we're a gracious, good host for their guests. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it is a question that couples always ask us. So um, from experience, we, my husband and I, uh, had a chartered catamaran boat and did an excursion around. so cool. And it's funny because that's probably the number one thing we suggest at almost any destination. Do an excursion, take care of it for everybody, have this this experience, punch of hat home. And so is very popular. You can you can get them, you know, in a lot of destinations and charter them. Um, some hotels have actually caught on to this, and um, they offer it. If you have thirty five rooms, you get it free, which is wonderful. A wonderful perk. So th- so that's also in one of the questions that we ask initially. You know, when we ask how many rooms a couple will have, if we see they say forty to fifty, I'll ask them a follow up. Do you want to do something fun? with your guests because that could actually be a really nice perk that now they don't have to pay for go to a resort where they they have that as a free option 
also excursions. You know, sometimes the the guys want to all go golfing and the the groom is going to take care of his entire, uh, you know, uh, bridal party to go golfing. Brides sometimes will take care of all of the hair and makeup in destination for their bridal party. Um, it, the, the big thing is to do something unique to that destination that creates an experience where people who have paid that money come back and say, this was so much fun. Unlike a, a, a traditional wedding, a destination wedding is four days with the people you care about. And so it's not just about having the beautiful wedding and having a reception. Um, Many times resorts will offer a celebration dinner that's not the reception, whether that's a welcome dinner, a rehearsal dinner, or farewell dinner. And that's something that they might not have done for their entire guest list if they had a wedding at home. Um, you, You know, some properties will also do uh, photography sessions for everybody coming. So they get, you know, like a pretty sunset picture for, yeah. in their room to remember. And, and those, are, those are fun and unique things that couples should try to keep in mind and keep in mind early on in the process because we can kind of gear them and steer them in the right direction. Cool. This is awesome. I feel like I'm learning so much, and now more than ever, I need to, a vacation. That's <laughs> all I keep <laughs> you thinking. Do. You uh, do. Be- bef- yeah, exactly. Before we um, wrap up this episode, Jen, is is there any like just tried and true tips that you have for couples who might be planning a destination wedding? Like, h- how do they get the dress there, or something that just is like, don't forget this. Yeah. So it's interesting for us. We, we have found that it's a lot of hurry, hurry up, book it, and then wait, wait, wait. And then 60 days before it, hurry, hurry, hurry. So we, when, when a couple blocks their group and gets their save the dates, we send them a wedding kit. And in the wedding kit, we provide them with a calendar of kind of like what you should be doing now, because unlike having a wedding at home, you can't do a tasting. You, you can't, you don't, you know, your food, you, you can't really meet with a photographer and decide what kind of, you know, aesthetic vibe you want with your photography. Um, so we'll, we'll actually provide a real detailed, um, step-by-step guide to what you need to do to bring your wedding dress with you and everything for your wedding. Um, again, I had five suitcases of stuff for my wedding and I was a very OCD type A personality bride that needed to know everything step of the way, list upon <laughs> list upon list. Um, but we will provide that early on for a couple so that they can kind of get that, that planning in mind of what they, they need to do and when they need to do it and, and keep them on track. Um, I like a couple to come to us with a vision. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's kind of hard to, to create what you've always dreamed of if you don't even know the couple. So having a a vision is really good. Um, that's probably my number one tip. Have an idea of, uh, just look at Pinterest and, and see, this is what I would like for my guests to experience at the reception or mm-hmm. at a ceremony. And I mean, I've had brides say, I do not want to touch the sand with my dress. And that makes it real easy for us. So um, I think that's one of the tips with packing suitcases and, and what they need to bring. We go over all of that with a couple, you know, two weeks before, just so that they're clear. Um, there's a saying, Dan, you might want to take this down as well. That is, <laughs> um, there are two kinds of luggage, K 
carry on and lost. We want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. So what is important is everything for the wedding is brought on, carried on in your hands, <laughs> like brought, gotcha. brought on. And, and that includes the rings and, you know, everything you would, the groom even needs too. And usually a lost bag will get there the next day, but still it can be stressful. So mm-hmm. we just, you know, throw in a bathing suit, throw in a sundress and then everything else you need for the wedding. Gotcha. Um, so, Priorities. Exactly. <laughs> Bathing and I, suit, and I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do have on my blog um, at vacationsbyvip.com, there's a destination wedding blog. And it's it's it goes back years and years and years of tips that I have suggested about, you know, do your guests give you a present? Do they give you a gift? I th- do. What do you do with the dress? Should I hold group airfare? Um, you know, what does nutrition mean? All of these things so that a couple can be more informed or their parents can be more informed, um, about it. But when a, when a bride asks me any of these questions that, you know, you, you, you can't even imagine some of the questions that we get. Um, a lot of times that information is, is on our website. So it's real easy for me to kind of cut and paste and, and send it back or even just say, Hey, call me. Um, another huge tip I will give is, um, this is a plug, I have no money interest in this app at all, but it's WhatsApp is a lifeline for a, a bridal party and their guests. It's, um, it's, you can use it for group messages, sending photos, con- communicating over Wi-Fi from different destinations, um, g- getting in touch with me. All of my couples are connected with me on WhatsApp. So if they arrive and they get the Wi-Fi and there's something up, they can reach out to me. But you can create a group for all your guests on it as well and send messages like we're all meeting at the beach bar here. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful app that can keep everybody in touch. And there's no data charges for pictures, videos, anything like that. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome. amazing. I've got two I... destinations this year, and now I know how to uh, text my wife now. Yeah, <laughs> what's that? Of the country. <laughs> yeah, and it's your cell phone number that you connect with. So they, a, a bridal part, a, a couple can connect just with a bridal party with every guest that they have, create different groups. Cool. It's awesome. That's awesome. I wish I knew about that last year. My parents went to a destination wedding in Jamaica, and we are a family that we call each other when we're traveling to say, hey, we got here safe. Love you. Talk to you later. Um, and when they got there, we, we knew their flight landed because I was, you know, stalking them. I mean, tracking them the whole way down. <laughs> and we just didn't hear from them like for hours and hours and hours. And eventually they were able to call us once they got ch- settled and checked into the hotel. But we were all a little, you know, a little concerned that they were all okay just because their phones weren't working there and no one really gave them the heads up that, hey, you know, you're going to have some issues. My mom actually specifically asked because that's that's who my mom is. And she was told, no, you'll be fine. So that's that's a really good app. It costs a lot of money, too, to call from a hotel yes. room. It costs a lot yeah. of money. And yeah. hotels will not give you the room numbers of your guests. Sometimes br- brides get really upset about that. I just want to room, you know, make honor is that connect you. And you have to ask her directly. But the best way to do it, get everybody on a WhatsApp and just reach out to them that way. So smart. That's so smart. All right, guys, as always, we have all of these links that Jen talked about, plus the link to her to her website right on our show notes for today's episode. Head to putaringonitpodcast.com to get all the goodness right there. Yeah, thanks so much, Jen, for being on today. And also special thanks to our season sponsor, the Naughty Tie Co., uh, which offers custom ties, bow ties, and pocket squares. 
Yipper. And don't forget to give us a like on Facebook to keep in touch, ask questions, and get updates on Season 3. Thanks for tuning in. See you in two weeks. Bye. ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer bartender says we don't serve food here (laughs) that one's good that one's really good